Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. Today is part two and the conclusion of a great interview with John J. McKay as we continue the discussion of his unique book, Leverage the Field for Success. Now, if you missed any of part one in the prior episode, you need to go back and catch up. John has been sharing about something most of us have never heard before, the quantum field, and how these three things, the field itself, expansion, and balance, how it all relates to spirituality as a whole and to the Christian faith in particular, and how that relates to our businesses, our growth in the church and ministries and business. You really need to pay attention to this, folks. So if you missed any of part one, go and catch up right now because we're getting ready to jump back into the conclusion of this interview now with John J. McKay. But you also say that the, the only constant in this world is change. What, based upon what we talked about, you know, the field, the expansion balance, if change is the constant, the only constant, then would you define those three as variables in the equation? No, no, not not exactly. I would define them as the orchestrators. Mm. They are the drivers. They, um, the field knows that you will grow more through challenge than if you're spoon fed, right? So it's just like the toddler that you know you tell them not to touch the stove, and they end up touching it anyway, and they figure out, oh, that's hot. And by golly, they're never going to touch the stove again. Right, right. Right. Lesson learned, even though they were told the lesson. Amen. Amen. And uh, it's the same with the field. The field, you know, and I don't know what the field exactly is, but this this driving dynamic of expansion is paramount. Mm-hmm. And we expand most when we have to struggle with things and overcome things, even in our educational system. There's, you know, started at, at the the the, um, the best MBA schools. I mean, you know, actually, I may have started with Harvard. But project-based learning is something that um, school that's now down to element some elementary school levels, not for the whole curriculum, but for certain you know parts of the curriculum, mm-hmm. where they don't actually teach the concepts. They give the kids, the students, projects, and and the students have to figure out how to complete the project. And they end up learning the mathematical concepts or the, whatever it is as they complete the project. So, um, and that, and the studies are showing that students retain their knowledge better that way. Oh yeah. And that's why the schools are starting to shift to that and go, gosh, how can we, how can we do this more? And so, change is by design. It it is the formula, you know. And because everybody's growing, expanding, things are always changing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, 
again, I don't have I don't have any theological proof of this, but my understanding based on all of this is that each one of us, the reason we're here is to learn and to grow. Amen. Period. Mm-hmm. And um, and the field is going to set us up for that. Yeah. Uh, particularly when you intentionally are aware of the field and its dynamics of expansion and balance. Let's think about it. If you if you want to rebalance that team, for example, that dysfunctional team, and you're doing it because you want to make your goal of expansion, maybe you're the leader of the team, but even if you're a member, either way, you want to be most productive, and so you know you need to take care of this dysfunction. If you're doing that intentionally, well, the field obviously knows it, right? Because everything's connected. Um, and so when the field sees someone being a catalyst of expansion and balance, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to support that individual even more, which means more growth, more change, and more growth, and more change, and so on. So, um, Does the field, like, let me just use the analogy of closing a door. Like, you're going in one direction, and then all of a sudden a door closes, more or less forcing you to seek out another door. Is that a, an analogy that would relate to what we're talking about? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, if, you know, it, it's easy to fall into a depression when something like that happens. Oh, yeah. you know, it's a door that you expected to, to walk through. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, when you understand these dynamics of the fields, the field, it alters your perception. And it's suddenly like, oh, wait, what's going on here? You know, something I need to pay attention because something else is in, is coming in my journey. And I need to have my eyes open, my ears open, and pay attention to what's going on around me and what I'm drawn to for my next chapter in life. Yeah. Um, but I understand that you've, you've had a yeah, life experience. Yeah. You, you asked, you know, prior to the recording, uh, you know, if there was a time in my life when Basically, everything was turned upside down, and that ended up being one of the biggest turning points in my life. Uh, I sent the information to you so you're aware of it, so I'll just summarize it. My, my audience has heard the story several times that, uh, you know, ever since I was 15 years old, the only thing I wanted to do is make the military a career. That was it. That was my, my driving ambition, you know, and uh, and I was good. You know, I, I, I enjoyed basic training. I mean, that's how warped i was okay <laughs> i just loved doing all them push-ups and everything you know <laughs> didn't not so much at the time but you know at the same time i enjoyed the the process and, and the, how it was shaping me you know but uh you know and i just thrived in that environment you know i i mean i was promoted ahead of my peers uh you know when they sent me to the NCO Academy, I was the first person in the history of the 8th U.S. Army NCO Academy to get a 100% rating all the way through the course, you know, for the whole 38 days. Uh, the unit, because of that, they sent me up as NCO the quarter. I took, you know, the unit, battalion, brigade, I-Corps, uh, one NCO the quarter, all that. Then, like, three or four months later, it was the NCO of the year competition where all the quarters went for the mm-hmm. competition. And I, you know, battalion brigade, I Corps as NCO of the year for all of them went to eighth U S army. And 
I had a slide projector for my five minute presentation and a slide projector back then was high tech. Okay. This yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. even had a higher tech. I had the little attached uh, button, you know, the like 10 foot. So I could stand away uh -huh. from the projector and push the button. I mean, it was really high tech. For yeah, me. yeah. And uh, there's like 14 slides on it. And one of the slides that worked perfect in all the rehearsals, all of the boards up there. And here I am at 8th U.S. Army and one slide jammed. So I just walked up. You know, like we used to do, slap it, and we're good to go, right? And gave yeah. the rest of the presentation. Well, the three members of the board deducted one point each because of the malfunction. Oh, I God. lost by one point. I took second place, right? So I was supposed to be the yeah. NCO of the year for the entire Korea, Japan, the whole thing. And uh, wow. But, you know, it was still good. And uh, because of that, I was selected to be a drill sergeant. And, you know, during the course of time, they have to have their, you know, each unit has to submit a drill sergeant for the same thing, drill sergeant of the quarter type board. And I won that for our battalion. Uh, Department of the Army was opening up Fort Eustis, Virginia, with a drill sergeant program. And they were taking people from all over all the different installations to more or less man the requirements for Fort Eustis. I was the only person selected from Fort Bliss to go over there. So, I mean, all these things were, you know, I mean, I was the highest you go in the army is Sergeant Major E9. I was already E6 and, you know, my, basically every button was pushed. You know, I was, I was doing well. Right. Right. One day, though, as you know, I was finishing my third year on drill sergeant status, which that's all you can do. Uh, otherwise, they're, they're worried that you're going to have a warped mind for the rest of your life. Uh, but one day I was sitting there looking at the, the pay tables that would just come out for you know the coming year. I noticed that a sergeant major made $500 less than a captain who had four years or more enlisted time. And, you know, $500 back in the 80s, that's like, say, $1,000 today. I said, wow, that's quite a difference. And yeah. back in that time, all the, you know, if you were looking at you, it's like getting PFC in the enlisted, right? You were going to, you know, it's automatic. You just put in your time, it's automatic. Unless you get caught doing something stupid, like, you know, get caught with the general's daughter or something. But, uh, you know, so I said, well, shoot. I might as well, you know, I timed it out because I knew I only had an associate's degree. Uh, I knew I wouldn't make major because one of the requirements for majors, you had to have a bachelor's. And I mean, I could take it, but I'm, I'm looking, you know, do I really want to go that route? Uh, and I had it timed out the way the promotion boards work that captain, you get two chances, uh, six months apart. And, but you can't do it till three years in. So this is already, by the time I got my commission, I'd be at nine years. So three years put me at 12. Then there's a year wait while they work through the list and get people promoted and then send them to basically the advanced courses, basically captain school. Uh, so that put me at year 13. Then I'd have to wait three more years before I could be selected for major. And that puts me year 16 and there's 
two year, there's only one major board each year. So that means that year 16, I would be selected, not make it. Year 17, be selected, not make it. Well, by that time, I would have 18 years in. And the way the regulations read at the time, if you're at 18 years, then you're retained until you hit your 20 and out you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had it timed out. I mean, this was going to be perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, was yeah. perfect, you know. And uh, so I applied for officer candidate school, was selected, and, uh, you know, did well. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I had four merits the very first week of officer candidate school. You know, that, uh, one wow. merit erases two demerits, right? So I had mm-hmm. four merits to my credit just after the first week. And, you know, the, the TAC officer is like, nobody gets four merits here in one week. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that, that I thrived in that kind of right. right. And uh, long story short, I no sooner raised my right hand, received my commission, and they started talking about, we got too many people in the Army. You know, we, we got to look at possible reduction in force. Well, that was 1986. By 1989, they were looking at, we're going to go ahead and implement this reduction in force. And I was hoping I could get promoted before it would take effect. And uh, like I said, the two captain's boards are six months apart. First one I knew I wasn't going to make because I was I got commissioned in June, and that's when the academy graduates and the ROTC graduates graduate college. And, and so I'm competing against them. Right. I knew, okay, second one, I got this. Well, I was off, I was working in the squadron uh, S3 department at the time and in the cavalry. And I was off at a meeting somewhere, came back at lunch to get some paperwork and go back to the afternoon session. And the major said, Colonel wants to see you. Okay. The list came out. I didn't make it. I know. So I went and reported. said, Bob, he didn't make the list. Not a problem, sir. I got the next one. I was expecting this. We're good to go. And that's when my life fell apart. He said, the Secretary of the Army has waived the second one. There is not going to be another list. You have to go to personnel and begin out processing. And my entire career was gone. Yeah, I had no. They didn't have the support system in place like they have today with all these people coming back from Iraq and stuff like that. Right. I found out about two years later if I would have gone back on enlisted status, I could have kept my commission in the reserves and retired as a captain. But nobody explained that to me. Right. Right. Until like two years later, and then it was too late. And uh, but. I had 10 days notice that my entire life's aspirations were over and and hit me hard. You talk about depression. Yeah. There were days, you know, that, and I went into sales trying to make money just to keep going and stuff. And I was good at sales, but you know, uh, it was sales. You you were there, you know what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, there were days when I would just go in and tell, tell my wife I'm going to take a nap and go in and close the door, close the drapes, and just lay in the bed and cry for hours. Mm. You know, mm. an alcoholic. I mean, all that stuff came to pass, you know. And just talking about it like we're doing right now it took a good 10 years before I could even talk about it like this. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. At 12 years, I decided I had to do something. 
and I missed the camaraderie. I missed the mission. I missed all that. So what's the next closest thing I could do? So I applied for the police academy and was accepted and life was great again, you know, and uh, that was going along well till May 12, 2007, uh, when I was working an accident scene and the midnight shift, someone ignored the flare pattern. I got bumped in the process. And that started a whole series of, you know, medical issues and surgeries and recovering from surgeries and going back. And then they're saying, well, we may have to retire you. you know? yeah. and, uh, and, you know, that's when now the first part in the army, I was not born again at all. I was not a Christian. Uh, life circumstances brought me to Christianity. If, matter of fact, at one point, it was so bad. I was in sales, nothing being sold because the Gulf War had started. And that, that just fed into the depression because I was supposed to be there in my mind. I was yeah. supposed to yeah. be there, you know? Right. And, uh, you know, one night sitting in a little empty apartment in Columbus, Georgia, because I was trying to sell insurance. I decided I've had enough. And I was going to kill myself, basically. But I love my family. I love my little girl. So I was going to wait till in the morning because it was already 1130 at night and call them up, tell them how much I loved them. And then I was done. I was checking out. And, uh, you know, God intervened that night. My wife, when I was going to Columbus, Georgia, we lived in Louisiana at the time. Uh, she forced me to take my grandfather's Bible. Now, I couldn't even afford Furniture. It was an unfurnished apartment. The only furniture in the apartment was a folding chair, a coffee table, and my computer. I didn't have a phone. I had to use my cell phone. You know, uh, I slept on the floor. Didn't even have a mattress or anything. I just slept on the carpet with a blanket on top. And since there's no TV or anything, when I'm waiting for the phone to ring for appointments, the only thing to do is read the Bible. And in the front of my grandfather's Bible was a way to read the Bible through three times in one year. You know, I mean, three columns, even one of them would do it. So I'd column one in the morning, column two in the afternoon, column three at night when I went to bed. And when I was crying, I told God, I can't deal with this no more. I'm done. Uh, you fix this or I'm checking out. I'm I'm done. And uh, I laid down on the floor to go to sleep and the, the Venetian blind, the light was shining through the blinds on the Bible sitting on the floor. I said, oh. Forgot to read my scripture tonight. Well, if I'm going to meet God in the morning, I guess it'd be a good thing to tell him I was reading his Bible. Right? <laughs> so I open it up, and for that night, January 29th, I was supposed to read Psalms 34. Got down, verse 7, and it said, The Lord has heard this poor man cry and shall deliver him from all his troubles. And immediately, I felt like hot oil was being poured over me. I mean, I just started laughing, crying, and it seemed like the room lit up. And I was born again at that moment. Uh, my wife had been born again for four years praying for me. So I called her at 1135 at night. She's crying now. And I said, I'm coming home. I can be just as broke at home with you and the kids as I can here. But I'm on my way home end of this month. A little dumpy apartment. I mean, a month-to-month -month lease. And I hadn't sold one policy all of January. Mm. That six days... It was January 25th, not January 29th. Those six days, I sold enough insurance, pay the bills in Georgia, and start catching up the bills at home. You know, but okay. uh, and that changed the whole direction of everything. 
So when they started talking about I have to retire from retire you medically retire you from the police department, I started praying, God, what is it you want me to do? And uh -huh. it was just so clear. Begin a weekly 30 minute online radio program. I had to have help checking email. Okay. This is not, yeah, yeah, I am not sure. technically inclined. But uh, sure. so I went to the great savior, Google, and figured out how to do it. And that led into a radio station, and then that led into being a nationwide AM radio, and that led to starting this podcast that we're doing today and, and helping other people do the same thing. So, But I look back at that career ambition. Like I said, I was on track. The Gulf War would have happened about one year. Desert Storm 1 would have happened one year after I was promoted to captain. Now, your, your first... Nine months or so are spent in uh, the advanced school, and then you're sent to your unit where you work in staff for a little bit until a company opens up. I should have been a troop commander in Desert One leading that. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, mm -hmm. our unit, the unit I was in was attached to the task force. That, If you remember the history of Desert Storm One, they did that 600-mile-in run through the middle of the desert, mm -hmm. come in behind yeah. Our yeah. unit was attached to that task force. Wow. I should have been there. <laughs> right, right. But, right. you know, looking back at it now, I see that, you know, one, what would have happened? You know, I mean, I may have been killed, may have been maimed, you know, whatever. Uh, I know for certain, 100% certainty, I would not be doing what I'm doing right now. Right. 100%. So right. that's where I, uh, I want to say, so what if I'm getting what you're saying about this quantum field and all that, basically if life hands you lemons, you need to turn it into lemonade, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason why that's a truism, right? Because it's, 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 uh, it is one of the keys to life, you know, that if something happens that is very disruptive or upsetting, uh, or door closing or window closing, you know, there's a, there is a reason and you need to look at that and think, how can I make the, the most of this or what's next for me? So, and looking back, I mean, it's, it's obviously not that you weren't supposed to be in the military. You love the military. It's what you were drawn to. And it's what you were passionate about. And so you were following that. And yeah. that's, that, that was part of your path. It just it wasn't your path to be a career to make it a career that there were there were other things that were part of your your path your calling here um, here here mm -hmm. in, in this life yeah. in this world and but nonetheless I can't imagine you know what your days look like because the discipline that you didn't just learn but you embraced you know from day one from boot camp. Yeah. You know, those skills and that direction and all the leadership, because the military is phenomenal at training people how to be leaders. Right. Yeah. Amen. All that fed in to everything that, you, that you've done since then. Mm -hmm. And um, and there's no doubt, you know, one of the drivers uh, for your success is, you know, because you were in that environment and picked up those skills. But um, but there is there is, you know, when when. It, it's it's. The question that you asked when, you know, facing being retired from the police force, is the right one. You know, 
what's going on here? What do you really want me to do? Yeah. And, um, and then you just have to listen and pay attention and raise your awareness of what's going on around you, what's unfolding around you. Mm-hmm. And as you feel drawn to do things, even if there are things that may not seem to make sense, you know, you might end up meeting somebody at that activity or whatever it is, that, that direction that will end up leading to something else. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's 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 something that I mean, books have been written about that on synchronicity. Um, synchronicity is, is is just one of the results uh, from engaging with the field. The, the other one is challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, that when you step up to the plate and you say, hey, this is where I want to go. The field is aware of what you can and cannot do. And it's, and it's also aware of the role that you're trying to get to. And so you have to if. And the field's not just going to say, sure, Pastor Bob, let's just let's just put you here. Right. <laughs> um, it wants you to it knows that you need certain skills to be successful. Right. How do you learn those skills? Challenges. And so that's the other thing from working, working with the quantum field is that you'll find challenges pop up that are unexpected. Amen. But the difference, the difference when you know that it's just physical reality is that you go when that happens, you go, oh, wait a second. Now it's when I need to pay attention. You might still have anxiety, but anxiety is not, it's not going to be as bad because you're aware, oh, this is happening for a reason Mm -hmm. and I need to pay attention. Yeah. Um, Because whenever a challenge happens, it's not going to only lead to your own growth and expansion, uh, which could be taking a detour and going off a different direction. Mm -hmm. But for everyone you touch in that experience, you have the opportunity to help them expand and help them grow amen amen right and that's 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 where once you really get the feel it changes how you approach life it's not that um uh, my book for example is not about boosting people up it's not about getting people excited about something it's about this is just the reality when you know the reality then you can approach it differently yeah yeah and um uh, it, 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 um, it's a, it's a paradigm shifter. Yeah, it really is. Well, I took the quiz on your website. I emailed you the results. Did you get a chance to look at that? Yes. Yes, I did. That was fun. Okay. Can you go over the results with us here on the interview? So our listener can see how the quantum field for success works, especially in the business or corporate world, as it relates to the, uh, the results of the quiz and things like that. Yeah, so the so the way the quiz is set up um, um, is there's just eleven questions, mm-hmm. and and the questions are relatively short, um, and that try try to keep them fun, right? So you have some mm-hmm. fun taking the quiz, mm-hmm. but each each choice is scored, and so then uh, at the end of it, depending upon your score, there's ten different uh, responses that the quiz will kick out. 10 different assessments and recommendations of where you're at on your journey in terms of how you're engaging with the quantum field. Because there are some people, you know, and I'm sure you know these people, they always seem to be at the right place at the right time. Right, right. Right. Somehow they learned early or they just intuitively knew it coming into life that these are the rules of the game and here's how, and so here's what what I'm going to do to win at this game. And so they always know what to do when to be at the right place at the right time. They're essentially practicing 
those field concepts without knowing. Mm. Just intuitively, they oh, this, this. They know where to focus and win. Uh, and it just pulls them along through life. And as they're more successful, everyone they touch is more successful. So the quiz then sort of does this assessment of where you're at in your journey and says, well, here's some of the things you can do for next steps. You know, that sort of say, okay, well, given that this is where you're at, here's some things to think about to help you go still further. Uh, and so that's that's the that's the, the the design of the quiz, if you will. Um, so um, and does that make sense, or shall yeah. I go into the quiz well, a little bit? Yeah, no. If you want to go over it a little bit, you can. Well, in terms of in terms of your results, um, it, it's it's clear, and this is and this is great, Bob, because you are a pastor, so this is good. <laughs> it's clear that that in terms of your journey, you're actually um, far along in the journey, right? And so, from a recommendation standpoint, there's there's not really um, uh, there there's some little. Let's, uh, let me just go ahead and read this. Um, so uh, this is this would be the recommended next next steps I'm reading. Reading, uh, raise your awareness of those areas um, of your business or workplace that you feel most drawn to, and then focus on the top two to three areas. Uh, this approach will enable you to determine which area generates the most success and laser focus on building momentum in that area. And that verbiage is something that I, I would not write to someone who scored differently, mm. right? They're, they're at a different place and they need different sort of next steps. Mm -hmm. You, on the other hand, probably understand the concept of momentum mm -hmm. and business and success, right? And what that takes. Actually, your military career is perfect. You know that really well in terms of, what it takes to build that momentum and what's important to keep it going, right? Um, so laser focus on building momentum in, in those areas. This approach is a natural confidence booster, enabling you to pour even more energy into the new direction of your business. You know that there's going to be bumps and even failures along the way. Again, that's not something I say to in the other uh, recommendations. Uh, so con concentrate on practicing harsh truth in order to recognize and learn from those bumps as soon as possible. Uh, so you know there's gonna be bumps. And the important thing is to not have your head in the sand, but rather, or, or have on rose colored glasses, that's the better way to put it, you know, but to be have harsh truth so that you can recognize when your direction might need to change. You'll recognize it quicker um, and, and be able to respond to that sooner. But the, the other thing I wanna come back to though um, here is that this approach of laser focusing on building momentum on those top couple of areas that you're drawn to um, enables you to pour more energy into the new direction of your business. The reason this is important, the reason that, you know, folks really should, even if they feel like they have a mundane job, there's probably something that they like about it. Right. Yeah. And something that they're drawn to. And so focusing on that one thing, and doing it more and more and better and better, uh, what you're doing there is you're naturally getting more excited about it. You're naturally pouring more energy to it. And what does that do? That's sending signals directly out into the quantum field. Right. And the quantum field responds, right? So if you're tired of your job and you're bored about the whole thing, your performance is going to be flat and the field's response is going to be flat. You're excited about something and you're being more, even more productive, more expansive. 
it's going to see that it's going to hear those signals and it's going to be, and it's going to respond favorably. Amen. Think about soup. Mm-hmm. If you, have you ever had soup without salt? Like oh, salt yeah. was meant. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's yeah. just awful. Yeah. yeah. And so you take just a little bit of salt and put it in the soup and it makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. We're like that little piece of salt, right? This thing called the fields is massive, but it responds and scientists have proven this. It responds to even a toaster. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there is literally response that they measured in the field just from a toaster. Mm-hmm. Amen. And so think about the amount of energy and excitement that you're pouring in. Well, that's like salt and soup. Yeah. The field's going to respond to it. And it's going to respond favorably. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Appreciate that. And with your book, what is your your overall purpose that you hope to accomplish with your book? Uh, really, it's it's to do what we're doing right here, which is getting out the word mm-hmm. and um, uh, sharing the concepts and principles and helping people understand that, hey, when bad quote-unquote bad stuff happens it's not bad stuff in reality nothing bad everything is a learning opportunity and um and once you understand the dynamics of the field then you can learn to recognize and sometimes even anticipate them you you can see something coming um and you others may not change their path but you can adjust your path So there's all kinds of ways that you can engage the dynamics of the field. And that's really my purpose is, is, is to build a community of folks who are interested in this so, so that all of us can can do more and more to get the word out, um, which is why I wrote the quiz, because the quiz can kind of live on its own. Right. And um, folks can forward it on to others. And um, and as you do so, remember, you're you'll be exposing them to something different and their potential whether or not they take it is, is again, mm-hmm. up to them. But yeah. the potential for them to expand is then there. Amen. Amen. So. Well, John, this has been a truly interesting conversation, to say the least. Oh, now, your book sounds like something everybody needs to get their hands on. How can someone obtain a copy of your book? Is it on Amazon? Yes, it's on Amazon. You can just go in and, and type my name, John J. McKee, and it'll come up. Or uh, Leverage the Field for Success. Okay. And it'll come up as well. For the quiz, um, you can go to my website, mckeegroup.com, uh, and scroll down. You'll see a button there. Or you can just type um, in the uh, URL, uh, mckeegroup.com slash free quiz. And that'll bring it up, too. E- either way. Someone to get in touch with you to ask a question, receive more information, maybe do an interview like this. How can they do that? How can someone get in touch with you? Uh, you can reach me through my website, or you can email me at uh, john.j.mckee, uh, that's McKee, M-C-K-E-Y, uh, at mckeegroup.com, M-C-K-E-Y-G-R-O-U-P.com. Amen. I'll put links to all this in the show notes below. Folks, as believers, we know God's in control, but despite our best efforts sometimes to control things ourselves, He's ultimately in control, but just as he created the universe and all it is, he also created quantum everything, physics, math, even the quantum field as described by uh, John McKee. Amen. So in this book, John actually provides the pragmatic how-tos of using the field to better your career advantages. And whether that means defining stronger progress in an individual career or raising the bar for the entire team and a business that you're in charge of. You can find something in there that's going to help you. Amen. What John's bringing to the table is a way for you 
to basically conceptualize and tap into the field, as he calls it, to help you learn things and grow beyond what you even thought was possible. I urge you drop down the show notes right now. Reach out to John. Go to his website. Take the quiz. Praise God. Read over the route. See if that doesn't match up with you. Be ordered to order this book, Leverage the Field for Success, Using Quantum Reality to Succeed in the Corporate World. And just click the links right there. Do it right now while you're thinking about it. And remember, the field has brought you to this podcast for this reason, for such a time as this. Amen. Take advantage of it right now. Glory to God. You never know how God's going to use this to take you to the next level or where it's where he wanted you to be all along. John, thank you for taking the time to come on the program today and talk about all of this and about your great book. I, I do appreciate it so much. Thank you. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, for John J. McKee and myself, it's passed by reminded to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.